Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode number 19 of the NYC Real Estate Podcast. I'm Mark Levine. I'm your host, and this is presented by EBMG. And EBMG is my property management firm managing uh, all types of buildings in the New York City area. And just a quick thing before we get into the show, if you want to email us, you can do so at nycrealestatepodcast at gmail.com. That's nycrealestatepodcast at gmail.com. And we love taking questions and comments and we integrate those into future episodes. Or if you know somebody that wants to be on the, the show talking about something unique to their view on New York City real estate, we'd be more than happy to have them. Um, so today I have uh, Chris, I don't want to say Donnellan. Danellen. I knew I was going to get that wrong from Marathon Energy. And we have you here talking about um, oil and gas and all sorts of energy issues in New York City. So I just wanted to welcome you to the podcast. Thank you very much, Mark. I like uh, your new office. It's very nice. <laughs> Thank you. So we have a great new studio. We've got new offices. We're, we, we're putting everything together. Um, do you want to give a quick background before we start on who you are, how you got involved in the industry, and anything else you want to tell us? Sure. Well, uh, I've been in this industry for a little over 20 years. I actually started way back in 96 with Petro. Um, been to a few other competitors, and I came to Marathon about a year and a half ago. All right, great. And we've worked together um, on a few different items in the last few months over mm -hmm. with um, some of the buildings that we manage, so that's why I wanted to have you in and Always been easy to work with, so thank you. Thank you. Um, so before we start, uh, if you can uh, subscribe to this podcast if you haven't done so already and share it with somebody that would love to hear about real estate, we would be more than thankful. So Of course. Um, so right now what we're talking about is energy, um, oil, gas. But before we go into that, I, I wanted to explain to everybody, especially in this New York City market, so it's all five boroughs, what the requirements are for heat and hot water because this is it's a parallel conversation that i could have with you um in terms of operations of a building so basically um we have two areas of the daytime so we have daytime and we have nighttime in new york city and the daytime is considered to be from 6 a.m 6 a.m to 10 p.m and then nighttime is 10 p.m to 6 a.m and a few years ago they changed the law so that during the daytime, and this is for the um, October 1st through May 31st time period, so this is the winter season. So between 6 a.m. and 10 p.m., you have to keep it at least 68 degrees inside when it's below 55 degrees outside. At nighttime, when you have um, any temperature, which is the switch of the law. So the law used to say when you get down below, and now that we've, we're out of the law, I almost forgot the law, but I think it was below 45 outside, you had to keep it um 55 inside if i remember correctly if don't message me if i'm wrong it's it's a moot point now because it's not in in service anymore but the new law says between 10 p.m and 6 a.m you always have to keep it at 62 degrees inside and that's no matter what the outside temperature is you always have to keep it 62 degrees inside so that's why we've seen a little bit of a spike in our energy usage for various buildings that we manage because now you're running the boiler where you maybe weren't running it before. Correct. Um, so hot water. So again, you know, there are requirements for hot, uh, hot water. We have to give hot water that's at least 100 degree, 120 degrees Fahrenheit in every shower, bath, and sink 24 hours a day. And we have to provide 120 degree Fahrenheit in uh, every shower, bath, and sink between 6 a.m. and midnight every day of the year. Um, so basically... 120 degrees, that should be your uh, requirement for hot water and uh, service in the apartment. So 
what are the two ways, and I, we can start this process by um, talking about oil, right? So obviously that's a big part of your business, oil and gas service, sure. deliveries. Um, number, so there's really two types of oil now that are in use in New York City buildings. Number six, oil, which was the heavier oil that needed to be heated before it went through the boiler, Correct. right? Mm-hmm. They outlawed that in 2015, 15. I believe. Yes. Um, so any, and I did a video of it probably back in 2015 or 14, and it said any buildings that still had number six oil, they weren't going to be having a valid registration with their boiler. They couldn't renew the registration. And also for the bulk petroleum storage certificates, which are the every five-year um, tank registrations with New York State DEC, um, you probably couldn't get renewed if it was number six either, if it was in the New York City area. So what are we seeing now in terms of oil usage in most of the buildings that you guys service? Well, a lot of buildings have converted to two oil, really. I mean, mm-hmm. there are still four oil buildings out there, but many less than before. And um, the, the issue with number four, if people came off of number six back in 15, if they went to number four, they just have to get off four in 2030 because now that's going to be outlawed in 2030, right? So Correct. they missed, maybe missed this. They should have gotten the extra step to go to number two. Correct. And that's um, New York City. Now, Westchester says you have to be off number four oil July 1st of 2020. Oh, so they're pushing it up really far. So yeah. now you're only left with number two. That's correct. Yeah. So, okay. So for New York City purposes, um, by 2030, they have to be off of number four. Then after that, and until then, it's fine to be on number two. Um, Westchester is number four is out at the start of next year, uh, 2020. Correct. So what are we seeing in terms of bio blends? Can you explain what a bio blend is? Sure. So several years ago, um, it's actually probably 10 years ago, they came out with the biofuels. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a way to have the heating oil burn cleaner. So just to give it a little history here. So if you take 100% of heating oil, 100% of two oil, um, you have no oxygen molecule in that product. And that's why over the years, you always needed to get your oil boiler cleaned out much more often than your gas boiler. And so now when you inject biofuel into that blend of two oil or four oil, you bring an oxygen molecule into it because it's it's, it's like uh, it could be from a few different sources, but let's say it's mostly from soybean, soy meal. Mm. So now that you have an oxygen molecule in that fuel burning, you have a complete burn because when you don't have an oxygen molecule, little droplets fall off into your furnace mm. and that creates soot over time. Yes, yeah. it, leaves a, it leaves a soot over time. So now by burning cleaner, you have less soot. And because you have less soot, you have less um, drop in efficiency rate is what mm-hmm. it is because the soot buildup is what reduces your efficiency. It's burning cleaner. It's burning cleaner. Right. So, and that's, that's the important detail there because some people, if, if you did a study and you looked at um, the BTU level of 100% biofuel versus mm-hmm. 100% number two heating oil, for example, uh, biofuel, 100% of it has less BTUs than 100% two oil. But when you do the mix, you really don't lose any energy efficiency because you gain it by having more boiler efficiency. Right. And that's that's the reason to use it. And not only that is it's cleaner. Is there any is there an incentive for having biofuel? Is the building able to recapture money for using it in any uh from well, any residential buildings have a little advantage. So what 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 happened is when they 
uh, New York State um, put out the clean heating initiative. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, in New York City, everybody was mandated to use a 5% blend. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you use more, up to, let's say, a 20% blend, then for residential customers, there's a credit involved, clean fuel heating credit. So if you go to a 6% blend, let's say, you'd be eligible for $0.06 cents a gallon back if it's a residential property. Uh, that is set to expire December 31st of this year. Okay, so it's really a moot point for us, but in the past, for those people that were using a bio blend, right. you could essentially deduct part of that through the incentives program. Correct. So now that you bring up bio blends, what we were talking about before is that right now it's been 5% since October of 2017, which is the required bio blend by law. Correct. It changes, and we have a tiered program. We have step-ups, and... It has to be 10% um, bio blend by 2025, and then it's going to step up again in 2030 to 15%. Correct. And then it's going to step up again in 2034 to be 20%. Correct. So we're seeing, we can talk about a lot of programs that New York City is um, introducing in terms of new construction with roofs and going green and environmental um, climate protection acts and you know reducing your emissions by 80 percent over the next 10 yes, years yes this is another tool that they're using to make you a little bit more efficient and maybe reduce the footprint of the building yes absolutely that's really interesting so that that's a lot from five to 20 percent is going to be a lot and do we know we don't know yet or maybe we do with pricing where that's going to go in the next few years is it is the addition of that extra 15 percent going to lead to a price increase uh, uh, cur- I don't know currently no currently right now pricing would be very similar uh, what the market holds yeah you know by 2030 34 we'll see the majority of the buildings that you service are they interruptible meaning that they run gas and then at, at some certain point when the temperature hits they get switched over to oil or are they firm gas are they just usually using firm oil service right. what are you seeing uh, so the majority of buildings are either firm gas or firm oil, mm-hmm. uh, but there are quite a few that are still interruptible gas and oil, uh, meaning so most of the year they would run on gas, uh, but because um, of their rate structure where they're getting a discount on that interruptible gas, right. uh, if temperature drops below usually around 20 degrees, but it's yeah. not a set point, it could be just a long stretch of 21 degree days or something like that. And then right. the utility is going to say, okay, we're going to switch to an interruptible event. And we call and that have a, to, a TC alert. We get a temperature exactly. control. Right. You'll alert. get an email. Yeah. And so now you'll have to switch that boiler over to burn the oil side. If you have an interruptible building with the tank. Mm. Um, and uh, there's a couple of things about that. It's great to have that rate savings. Um, it's important to be prepared for that interruptible event. And so Marathon uh, specifically has a program where if a customer is getting their gas supply through us, because we're in ESCO as well, then they have the option to enter into an agreement with us so that we will say, if you use us for your interruptible gas and your oil, mm-hmm. uh, and you, know, you set the price in advance, uh, we will guarantee no runouts during that interruptible event. Uh, which we think is a very good feature because in the past what has happened, uh, these interruptions are usually, on average, let's say for the last five years, I think we've had about 10, inter- 10 interruptible days per year. Right. Uh, but, you know, in this new 
climate world we live in with these polar vortexes that we get, you never know. Sometimes you can get 10 days straight where it's of course uh, an interruption. And then everybody's ordering oil and that's, then you get stuck. Ex- that's the exact problem. So now what happens is all those firm oil buildings, they're ordering more than normal because of the cold weather. Mm-hmm. And then add to that, you have all the interruptible buildings that now need to order oil. So the idea is if you take advantage of our program where you have our interruptible gas supply and you use us for our guaranteed no runout program, what we'll do is we'll top off that tank well before an interruption. We'll top it off in the summer or fall. Right. We know it's ready for the, for the interruptible season. When that interruption event happens, we'll put on automatic delivery right through the interruption. At the end of the interruption, we're going to top it off again. Mm-hmm. Now you're prepared for the next interruption. You mentioned an ESCO, and for those people that don't know what an ESCO is, can you describe the program and how that, um, how you're taking over for the utility in a building? Sure. Well, an ESCO is just an energy service company. Uh, Marathon is an ESCO. Um, when you look at your utility bill, you'll see two charges, a delivery charge and a supply charge. The delivery charge is always going to be with your utility, whether it's Con Ed, National Grid, or whoever your utility is. Uh, you can choose to use Marathon or any of a number of ESCOs. If you uh, use us, then you'll see Marathon as the supplier on that supply side bill. And one of the advantages that we have is that we can sit down with you and look at, especially with co-op buildings like you represent, a lot of them like to be on a budget we know yeah. that they're going to come in within budget. Correct. Uh, so what we can do is we can say, look, these are the peaks and valleys over the last few years of your gas pricing. If you want to even it out and go on a fixed price, you'll know what you have. Uh, and we can set that price for you for a 12, 24, 36-month period. Um, and that can be an advantage to many you know, co-op buildings. And just to be clear that they're still going to see a bill from the utility, but that's on the delivery side. Because well, you're the supply side, they're the delivery side. Right. Well, it can be set up two ways. You can have a consolidated bill. You can have separate billing. Mm-hmm. Um, so they can have one bill from the utility where on that one bill, uh, if it's Con Ed, it, it'll say delivery charges from the from Con Ed, supply charges from Marathon Energy, or they can have two separate bills. Right. What's a typical... Um, time frame for a contract for an ESCO? Is it a year? Is it by actual delivery volume? How do you normally put that together? Um, what do you mean? What is most common? Yeah. Um, you know, it, it varies a lot. I would say 12 and 24 months are very common. Um, but some people go out three years depending. But I, I think uh, that's more with commercial accounts, mm-hmm. commercial or industrial accounts. Uh, buildings, I usually go one year at a time. Okay. Um, so we've talked about the oil, we've talked about the ESCO, we've talked about um, interruptible, so that's half, that, that's using gas when you need to, and it's using oil when you need to, and it drops below a certain um, amount. What we've been doing for a few buildings is locking in pricing, and we've used companies like yours, we've done with other companies, it, it depends on the building, it depends on the board, it depends on the, the day, you know, because sure. any day could be different in terms of pricing. When we're locking in um, either oil or gas usage, what are the things that you're looking for from us so that you could give a a good um, price to us, you know, so that we can consider locking in at that time? Right. So, I mean, most importantly, we're looking at where's the building located. Um, 
what's the tank size, what's the normal delivery size, mm. uh, how often do you get deliveries, and what period of time do you want to lock this in for? Uh, based on all that, then we can look at the futures market, and we can figure in our transportation costs, and then we can give you a price. So we're in middle to late November right now. The trend, have you been seeing it dip down a little bit, the pricing on oil, or has it stayed pretty steady in the last uh, month or two? It's been relatively flat. I mean, yeah. it's had a couple of ticks up, but it, it's had a few ticks down too. So all in all, it's been relatively flat. What I like about locking in, and I feel like, and I always preface this with my boards by saying, I'm going to be right 50% of the time and I'm going to be wrong 50% of the time. But exactly. it's a good it's a good budgeting tool because we right. know we can now, when we're doing our budget for now we're in almost 2020, when we're doing our budgets for 2020, I can average out what my last three years worth of deliveries were. I know that I've locked in with you for X dollars per uh, gallon, so I can make the assumption, and it's a now it's a qualified assumption. It's not just a throwing a dart at a board and saying, well, I think our energy cost is going to be X. Exactly. It's actually going to be, you know, let's say it's a 15,000-gallon client, and we know that it's whatever it is per gallon, we can factor that out, and then we can build that schedule out so that we could show it. So I think that's really important that people remember that when you're locking in, it's a guessing tool, but you're just trying to guess which way the market goes. And if you're, if you're right half the time, I think right. that you win half the time, you know? Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. I, I really think it's all about what the building wants to accomplish. Yeah. You know, do they want to make sure they come within budget? And right. uh, if that's very important to you, then it's a good thing to do. You can take a gamble and you can be wrong or right the yeah. other way. Uh, sometimes people take a gamble, don't lock in, and they do very well. Sometimes they, you know, get hurt. What's new on the horizon for you guys over at the company? Anything you're working on? or? Uh, well, largely what's been very exciting about Marathon over the last year, they've had a lot of growth. So um, we've expanded. We have a Syracuse office now. Our headquarters is in Queens in New York City. Okay. Um, and Woodside? In Woodside, yeah. yes. Um, and we have a Syracuse office now, so we have a lot of personnel up there. Uh, we have a New Jersey office in Island, New Jersey, uh, personnel over there. So... Uh, at this point, basically, besides the oil that we can do in all of New York and we can do oil in Jersey as well, mm-hmm. uh, we're in four states for gas and electric. So, you know, those four states would be New York, New Jersey. We're in Pennsylvania. We're in Maryland. And we're looking to go elsewhere. Right. Right. Great. Yeah. All right. So we've covered a lot. Am I missing anything? Is there anything that um, we should be talking about in this energy space? Well, I think... Uh, Considering this is near the end of November, the most important thing I would stress is as we're going into this potential colder weather, maybe we get a polar vortex or who knows, um, for anybody that does have an interruptible building or even if they're dual and not interruptible, meaning they're not mandated to switch over, but they may right. want to or, or have to because of some other emergency in the building, uh, you know, look at the tank now. Don't wait till that cold snap comes. Look at the tank. If you need to fill it, fill it. Uh, you, you probably want to test it, switch over from oil to gas just to make sure it's all working. Um, you know, we've seen, you know, a lot of crazy things happen when people don't wait. Uh, little things can happen. Uh, fill boxes can freeze up if you don't use them for a long time. They can get oxidized and don't open up easy. Yeah. So uh, a lot of know, preventative maintenance now. Uh, it should have been done in September or August when that's there was the time very little heat. August, September, yes. If you haven't done it already, do just it make, now. make a point to do it because we don't want to be frozen in the winter right, and, and have an issue. Exactly. Um, in terms of service, do you guys handle service also at Marathon? Sure, uh, we have boilers? a mechanical service department. Sure, for uh, we can give boiler service. Do you do new installations too? We can do new installations yeah. as well, yes. Okay, great. Yeah. So you're a one-stop shop for everything related to your boiler and heating? Yeah, pretty much. 
Great. Yeah. So how uh, so people could get in touch with you? I've got your uh, card here. So your email is Chris C H R I S D at m e c n y dot com, and your direct phone number is seven one eight five six four two two four six. And I thank you for coming in. Thank you very much, no, Mark. Thanks awesome. for having me. And again, Appreciate before it. everybody leaves, uh, NYC Real Estate Podcast at gmail.com. Again, that's NYC Real Estate Podcast at gmail.com. And if you want to uh, send me uh, or call me, 212 335 2723, extension 201, 212 335 2723, extension 201. I thank you all for listening, and I hope that you could. As I said before, subscribe and share it. If you're on a board, share it with everybody on the board. I think it'll be uh, useful as we continue to grow both our uh, episode count and our uh, content. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.